Chapter Five, Part A of the Monastery by Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five, Part A. A priest, ye cry, a priest, lame shepherds they. How shall they gather in the straggling flock? Dumb dogs which bark not. How shall they compel the loitering vagrants to the master's fold? fitter to bask before the blazing fire, and snuff the mess neat-handed Phyllis dresses, than on the snow-wreath battle with the wolf. Reformation The heath of the Lady of Avenel had been gradually decaying ever since her disaster. It seemed as if the few years which followed her husband's death had done on her the work of half a century. She lost the fresh elasticity of form, the color and the mien of health, and became wasted, wan, and feeble. She appeared to have no formed complaint. Yet it was evident to those who looked on her that her strength waned daily. Her lips at length became blenched, and her eye dim. Yet she spoke not of any desire to see a priest, until Elspeth Glendinning, in her zeal, could not refrain from touching upon a point which she deemed essential to salvation. Alice of Evanel received her hint kindly, and thanked her for it. "'If any good priest would take the trouble of such a journey,' she said, "'he should be welcome, for the prayers and lessons of the good must at all times be advantageous.' This quiet acquiescence was not quite what Elspeth Glendinning wished or expected. She made up, however, by her own enthusiasm for the lady's want of eagerness to avail herself of ghostly counsel and Martin was dispatched, with such haste as Shagram would make, to pray one of the religious men of St. Mary's to come up to administer the last consolations to the widow of Walter Avenel. When the sacristan had announced to the Lord Abbot that the lady of the umquil, Walter de Avenel, was in very weak health in the tower of Glendearg, and desired the assistance of a father confessor, the lordly monk paused on the request. We do remember Walter de Avenel, he said, a good knight and a valiant. He was dispossessed of his lands, and slain by the Southron. May not the lady come hither to the sacrament of confession? The road is distant and painful to travel. The lady is unwell, holy father, answered the sacristan, and unable to bear the journey. True, ay, yes, then must one of our brethren go to her. Knowest thou if she hath aught of a jointure from this Walter de Avenel? Very little, holy father," said the sacristan. She hath resided at Glendearg since her husband's death, well nigh on the charity of a poor widow called Elspeth Glendinning. Why, thou knowest all the widows in the countryside," said the abbot. Ho, ho, ho! And he shook his portly sides at his own jest. Ho, ho, ho! echoed the sacristan, in the tone and tune in which an inferior applauds the jest of his superior, then added with a hypocritical shuffle, and a sly twinkle of his eye. It is our duty, most holy father, to comfort the widow. He, he, he! This last laugh was more moderate, until the abbot should put his sanction on the jest. Ho, ho! said the abbot. Then to leave jesting, father Philip, take thou thy riding-gear, and go to confess this dame Avenel. But, said the sacristan, give me no buts, neither but nor if pass between monk and abbot, father Philip. The bands of discipline must not be relaxed. Heresy gathers force like a snowball. The multitude expect confessions and preachings from the Benedictine, as they would from so many beggarly friars, and we may not desert the vineyard, 
though the toil be grievous unto us. "'And with so little advantage to the holy monastery,' said the sacristan. "'True, Father Philip, but wot you not that what preventeth harm doth good? This Julian de Avenel lives a light and evil life, and should we neglect the widow of his brother, he might foray our lands, and we never able to show who hurt us. Moreover, it is our duty to an ancient family, who in their day have been benefactors to the abbey. Away with thee, instantly, brother. Ride night and day, and it be necessary, and let men see how diligent Abbot Boniface and his faithful children are in the execution of their spiritual duty. Toil not deterring them, for the glen is five miles in length. Fear not withholding them, for it is said to be haunted of spectres, nothing moving them from pursuit of their spiritual calling, to the confusion of calumnious heretics, and the comfort and edification of all true and faithful sons of the Catholic Church. I wonder what our brother Eustace will say to this. Breathless with his own picture of the dangers and toil which he was to encounter, and the fame which he was to acquire, both by proxy, the abbot moved slowly to finish his luncheon in the refectory, and the sacristan, with no very good will, accompanied old Martin in his return to Glendearg, the greatest impediment in the journey being the trouble of restraining his pampered mule, that she might tread in something like an equal pace with poor jaded Chagram. After remaining an hour in private with his penitent, the monk returned moody and full of thought. Dame Elspeth, who had placed for the honoured guest some refreshment in the hall, was struck with the embarrassment which appeared in his countenance. Elspeth watched him with great anxiety. She observed there was that on his brow which rather resembled a person come from hearing the confession of some enormous crime than the look of a confessor who resigns a reconciled penitent not to earth but to heaven. After long hesitating she could not at length refrain from hazarding a question. She was sure, she said, the leddy had made an easy shrift. Five years they had resided together, and she could safely say no woman lived better. "'Woman,' said the sacristan sternly, "'thou speakest thou knowest not what. What avails clearing the outside of the platter, if the inside be foul with heresy? "'Our dishes and trenchers are not so clean as they could be wished, holy father,' said Elspeth, but half understanding what he said, and beginning with her apron to wipe the dust from the plates of which she supposed him to complain. "'Forbear, Dame Elspeth,' said the monk, "'your plates are as clean as wooden trenchers and pewter flagons can well be. The foulness of which I speak is of that pestilential heresy which is daily becoming ingrained in this our holy church of Scotland, and as a canker-worm in the rose-garland of the spouse.' "'Holy Mother of Heaven!' said Dame Elspeth, crossing herself. Have I kept house with a heretic? No, Elspeth, no, replied the monk. It were too strong a speech for me to make of this unhappy lady. But I would I could say she is free from heretical opinions. Alas, they fly about like the pestilence by noonday, and infect even the first and fairest of the flock. For it is easy to see of this dame that she hath been high in judgment as in rank. And she can write and read, I had almost said, as weel as your reverence, said Elspeth. Whom doth she write to, and what doth she read? said the monk eagerly. Nay, replied Elspeth, I cannot say I ever saw her write at all, but her maiden that was, she now serves the family, says she can write, and for reading she has often read to us good things out of a thick black volume with silver clasps. 
let me see it said the monk hastily on your allegiance as a true vassal on your faith as a catholic christian instantly instantly let me see it the good woman hesitated alarmed at the tone in which the confessor took up her information and being moreover of opinion that what so good a woman as the lady of avenel studied so devoutly could not be of a tendency actually evil but borne down by the clamour exclamations and something like threats used by father philip she at length brought him the fatal volume it was easy to do this without suspicion on the part of the owner as she lay on her bed exhausted with the fatigue of a long conference with her confessor and as the small round or turret closet in which was the book and her other trifling property was accessible by another door of all her effects the book was the last she would have thought of securing for of what use or interest could it be in a family who neither read themselves nor were in the habit of seeing any one who did so that dame elspeth had no difficulty in possessing herself of the volume although her heart all the while accused her of an ungenerous and an inhospitable part towards her friend and inmate the double power of a landlord and a feudal superior was before her eyes and to say truth the boldness with which she might otherwise have resisted this double authority was i grieve to say it much qualified by the curiosity she entertained as a daughter of eve to have some explanation respecting the mysterious volume which the lady cherished with so much care yet whose contents she imparted with such caution for never had alice of avenel read them any passage from the book in question until the iron door of the tower was locked and all possibility of intrusion prevented even then she had shown by the selection of particular passages that she was more anxious to impress on their minds the principles which the volume contained than to introduce them to it as a new rule of faith when elspeth half curious half remorseful had placed the book in the monk's hands he exclaimed after turning over the leaves now by mine order it is as i suspected my mule my mule i will abide no longer here well hast thou done dame in placing in my hands this perilous volume is it then witchcraft or devil's work said dame elspeth in great agitation nay god forbid said the monk signing himself with the cross it is the holy scripture but it is rendered into the vulgar tongue and therefore by the order of the holy catholic church unfit to be in the hands of any lay person and yet is the holy scripture communicated for our common salvation said elspeth good father you must instruct mine ignorance better but lack of wit cannot be a deadly sin and truly to my poor thinking i should be glad to read the holy scripture i dare say thou wouldst said the monk and even thus did our mother eve seek to have knowledge of good and evil and thus sin came into the world and death by sin i am sure and it is true said elspeth oh if she had dealt by the counsel of st peter and st paul if she had reverenced the command of heaven said the monk which as it gave her birth life and happiness fixed upon the grant such conditions as best corresponded with its holy pleasure i tell thee elspeth the word slayeth that is the text alone read with unskilled eye and unhallowed lips is like those strong medicines which sick men take by the advice of the learned such patients recover and thrive while those dealing in them at their own hand shall perish by their own deed nay doubt nay doubt said the poor woman your reverence knows best 
"'Not I,' said Father Philip, in a tone as deferential as he thought could possibly become the sacristan of St. Mary's. "'Not I, but the Holy Father of Christendom, and our own Holy Father, the Lord Abbot, know best. I, the poor sacristan of St. Mary's, can but repeat what I hear from others my superiors. Yet of this, good woman, be assured. The word, the mere word, slayeth. But the church hath her ministers to glose and to expound the same unto her faithful congregation. And this I say not so much, my beloved brethren, I mean my beloved sister, for the sacristan had got into the end of one of his old sermons, this I speak not so much of the rectors, curates, and secular clergy, so called because they live after the fashion of the seculum, or age, unbound by those ties which sequestrate us from the world. Neither do I speak this of the mendicant friars, whether black or grey, whether crossed or uncrossed, but of the monks, and especially of the monks Benedictine, reformed on the rule of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, thence called Cistercian, of which monks, Christian brethren, sister, I would say, great is the happiness and glory of the country in possessing the holy ministers of St. Mary's, whereof I, though an unworthy brother, may say it hath produced more saints, more bishops, more popes, may our patrons make us thankful, than any holy foundation in Scotland. Wherefore, but I see Martin hath my mule in readiness, and I will but salute you with the kiss of sisterhood, which maketh not ashamed, and so betake me to my toilsome return, for the glen is a bad reputation for the evil spirits which haunt it. Moreover, I may arrive too late at the bridge, whereby I may be obliged to take to the river, which I observed to be somewhat waxen. End of chapter 5, part A.